when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe Hardman, a TV presenter, a radio broadcaster and a mummy to my beautiful 18-month-old daughter, Luna. And I'm Georgia Dayton. I work in marketing for House of Fraser and I am mum to a little cheeky boy, Axel, who's 19 months old. And together, we are Made by Mamas. Uh, so Georgia and I met in a coffee shop whilst we were both pregnant and living in Cheltenham at the time. Our other halves played rugby and football in the surrounding area and suddenly we kind of found ourselves moving from London, leaving all of our mates, knowing absolutely nobody up there and having our babies. And all I can say is thank God that we met that day. Indeed. <laughs> uh, we spent the next year of motherhood drinking coffee, getting back into shape in the gym, or trying to anyway, uh, getting through the odd bottle of wine as well and launching our mummy blog, a place for expectant mums, new mummies or seasoned pros to come and find out all the brands that we were loving, products that we can't live without and also for help, support, love and impartial non-judgmental advice. So on this series we'll be chatting to some of our favourite celebrity females about their experiences from being pregnant to the birth and the aftermath. We'll have a sleep expert give you all her insider tips on a peaceful night time, some much needed beauty tips and products for quick fixes for the busy mummy, baby classes and toys worth investing in, how to travel with a little one, you name it, we will cover it. I think it's time to get into it, shall we, G? Let's go. So this week, we're going to talk about sleep. Our favourite subject. <laughs> this is literally the subject that we discuss constantly between the two of us, isn't it? It is. I mean, there's n- a day doesn't go past when Zoe doesn't say to me, what time did Axel wake up? <laughs> or I say, oh, please tell me, Luna, slept past 6am. Yeah, it's, um, it's a hot topic in both of our houses. And we know as well that we get so many messages on Instagram from people saying, you know, what time do your kids sleep to? And what's your evening routine like? And are they good sleepers? And people just become obsessed with sleep when it's taken away from them. We do. I mean, before babies, all we had to worry about was whether or not we'd wake up for our alarm. Yeah, and now there's no need to set an alarm because mine goes off at 5.30 every single morning. (laughs) How does Axel sleep? Axel is a good sleeper and he sort of has been the whole way through. I know that I'm very lucky, but we have worked really hard on it. And, you know, when we speak to Alison, she'll back up the importance of a routine. And I think that is what it's all about. So from week six we started reading Gina Ford who I mean I like her but it is pretty full on I mean she even tells you when to drink a glass of water I mean I remember us having that conversation you were like I'm going to try Gina Ford and I was like dude she schedules in when you drink liquid I was like I'm not sure that that's for you and you said you were going to take bits and pieces from it yeah and I think that's the important thing like we took bits of you know what Gina Ford said and also just a bit of common sense you know if Axel was tired we'd let him sleep Um, if we were tired then he must be tired so we'd let him sleep again but yeah I mean just just getting into a routine really early on is what we did so about week six we started doing a bit of a routine and from then on it, it has worked he's gone through the normal phases you know with teething sleep regressions all of that kind of stuff we have you know we've been through those but generally a good sleeper and you have a quite a strict same in our household nighttime evening routine so it's bath bottle bed always you know after the bath bottle in a quiet room read some books and then put Axel down and that seems to calm him down and get him through the night yeah I think we both do that it's, I mean you'll know as well like bath time's actually such a nice time you know both our husbands are usually home by then which we know is really fortunate um, and it's just a, it's just a lovely time you know we just play and chat and you can spend as long as you want in the bath sometimes 
actually be in the bath for 20, 20 odd minutes. Mm. Um, but it's just, it's nice, it's fun. Um, and it does, it calms you down. You know yourself if you have a bath, like a nice warm bath before bed, you're going to feel a bit sleepy. So it's going to work with a baby too. And you and I also kind of went down sort of different, we, we've had similar parenting outlooks. Yeah. We've done sort of similar things. But for example, Luna was a big swaddler when she was younger and she used to sleep really deeply if I swaddled her quite tightly. Now Axel hated it, didn't he? Yeah, day one, Axel absolutely hated it. The midwife showed me how to do it. So I thought, right, yeah, that's great. That's what I'm going to do. And then I think about two hours later, he'd got himself out of it. And then that was that. We just didn't do it. We just used sleeping bags instead, um, which doesn't wrap them up so tightly. But then you have the peace of mind that they're going to still be warm. Yeah, I think it's a bit of trial and error with something like a swaddle because lots of babies don't like it. And lots of kids like Luna absolutely loved it. So I think you've got to get into that position where you're just trying things at the beginning to figure out what your child wants. Sleepy heads. Luna and Axel both love their sleepy we heads. We love the sleepy head. Um, you did the right thing and ditched it after Thanks. the first one. I did the wrong thing and bought the next one up, which is like, I don't know, £170. <laughs> Do you know what? £170 for a good night's sleep is totally worth it. I think I'd pay double, triple, quadruple, <laughs> whatever that. But then it comes to going on holiday or, or just going anywhere for the night and you realise you have to basically take the equivalent of a cot mattress on holiday with you. I mean, you get it in your suitcase. It's an extra suitcase. What was going on with Axel if you took that away? I don't understand what was what was he doing? He just wouldn't sleep. Um, we took it with us to nursery <laughs> on the first so day. So many parents have done this, I reckon. <laughs> And they literally looked at us like we were completely nuts. And James's sister, my husband, worked at the nursery. So she said, nope, he won't be needing that. So we were like, okay, we won't. We'll put it back in the car. She phoned us about four hours later okay yeah I think you should bring the sleepy head next time because <laughs> he just would not go to sleep so it's just one of those things isn't it I think it's probably at that stage when it's bigger it's just about them not knocking their head on the side of the car and also it's just a comfort isn't it well talking of comforters and comfort yes we've had very different experiences with dummies and comforters as well haven't we because Luna got rid of her own dummy at four months and just took it out one day and didn't want it any longer but we introduced at that moment this disgusting it's a lamb but we call it something funny (laughs) funny. now at the moment she's only using I've kind of weaned her off it quite a lot so she only she sucks one ear and she plays with the other ear with the other hand and she only uses it now for sleep so she knows as soon as I give her sucky bunny that's a sleep trigger and she goes down but now she's pushing it out of her cot at night and then she's crying waking up going like where's sucky bunny so I think it's time for me to start weaning her off that. Now, Axel doesn't rely so heavily on his comforter, does he? No, I mean, he has a couple of comforters. and I, I don't know if he would sleep without them. I'm not sure. He kind of plays with the tails and puts them in his ears and stuff. But then we don't have the thing of him waking up in the night if he can't find them. So... I'm kind of guessing that means he's not too attached to them. But anybody that's trying to kind of wean their child off a dummy or off a comforter, it's good to kind of set a goal, isn't it? So, yeah. you know, if, you're, if your child is a year old, you know, set 18 months in your head and kind of wean them down over that time. Yeah, I mean, I um, Axel had a dummy from day one until he was 12 months old. And that was my goal. 12 months I was going back to work I thought Do you know what this has got to go because it started to disturb his sleep he'd wake up in the night and kind of grizzle when he couldn't find it so we were doing like weird things like putting six dummies around the car <laughs> <laughs> in the hope that he'd find one and then it just got ridiculous you know carrying six dummies when you're going to stay at someone's house overnight it's just it's just not practical I think the main thing is to try and not have that many things to rely on. Um, but with the dummy, we just went cold turkey. Mm. Um, one day, that was it. We just got rid of them, threw them all in the bin. I think that is a number one tip because you will cave if you don't, if they're not in the bin. If they're not out of the house, you, you know, you're going to go back to them, aren't you? Yeah, and I think it's also something to think about that you might have a couple of days of bad times, in inverted commas, bad times. But, you know, it's going to end. And it's, it's so not- worth it. I mean, three days of no sleep. I mean, that is a lot. Um, (laughs) But, you know, you're going back to work and it's either that or waking up every couple of hours when Mm. you're going back to work and have got to, you know, be in the office or do whatever and be, you know, on the top of your game. Yeah. And you and I both love sleeping bags as well, don't we? So we're like 
big pro sleeping bag ladies. Love a sleeping bag. Their babies, oh, Luna sleeps like the dead in it. It's brilliant. I, I really, like, I highly recommend it. Lots of people say, I watch just about a blanket or a duvet or a pillow, but she's still in a sleeping bag and she's 18 months. Yeah, we've literally two weeks ago just gone to a duvet and pillow. Um, and that was the same. The sleepy head's gone now. When are we getting them out of the cots? Oh, I mean, I dread the day that Axel can open the door and come out and get me. <laughs> yeah, wake up call for Georgia coming, slap bang in the face. <laughs> we did it the other night because she didn't want to sleep in her cot, so we put her on a mattress on the floor. She just wanted to, I don't know, she just wouldn't go in it. And then at 5.30, we just heard this across the corridor and in Luna came mama dada I mean it was actually one of the sweetest things you've ever seen because she just bolted out of her own room and came into it but every morning that's not going to work I mean you need to save those kind of days for Christmas you know (laughs) <laughs> Come in when you want to open your presents yeah, and not yeah, before. Yeah, that's cute. Um, my husband spent hours sticking star wall stickers on the, on Axel's bedroom wall. And um, he wakes up, I mean, he wakes up at a good time. But I have no idea what time that is because I only hear when the monitor comes on. And sometimes I'll, you know, be awake before he is and walk past the room and I can hear him. But he's just being quiet. So the other morning he actually was peeling off all of the stickers off of the wall. And he could have been doing that for half an hour before before we found doesn't him. Doesn't cry. No, 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 doesn't cry when he wakes up. I think he likes a bit of his own time. We're switching children. <laughs> so we're going to ask Alison. I want to I want to talk to Alison about co-sleeping. So yeah. I think that's a really interesting subject. I really want to get her views on front sleeping as well because both Luna and Axel at the beginning were front sleepers. They were. And we also want to find out about the dream feed, which we both absolutely <sighs> loved. And, you know, just really getting her tips on, you know, breaking that pattern of sleep early and just her reassuring us that babies can and will and want to sleep through the night from an from an early age. I mean, she mentioned something she said to me. I spoke to her briefly on the phone the other day and she said, yeah, by nine weeks. I was like, nine, nine weeks? weeks. Oh my goodness, through. that's amazing. And you know, anyone who's just had a baby and is finding it hard, think about it. If you just input a routine for the first nine weeks and then you're going to have, you know, 12 hours sleep for the, you know. Oh, Georgia, that's never happened. That hasn't happened to me <laughs> in the last 18 months. But I'm excited to find out what she's uh, what she's got up her sleeve. I can't wait to have a chat with her. So Georgia and I couldn't be more excited today because this week we are chatting to somebody who knows about babies and knows about sleep. The topic that is probably most discussed on our Instagram, um, something that you take for granted so much when you're not a parent um, because you can go to bed at 10pm and you can wake up at 8am and you can have 10 hours unbroken sleep. And then when you have a baby, it all goes to pot. It does indeed. And who knew that there was so much to talk about when it came to sleep? I had no idea that if a baby slept after three o'clock, it wouldn't then go back to sleep at seven. Yeah, I mean, the the topics are endless (laughs) and we still don't know what we're doing. Um, That's why we're over the moon to have the absolutely brilliant and fantastic, the magic sleep fairy, that's what she calls herself, Alison Scott Wright with us today. (laughs) Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Are you well slept? Well, strangely enough, often the magic sleep fairy herself is somewhat sleep deprived because I'm often round at houses sleep training babies and helping them sleep. So I'm often awake. <laughs> but even when the babies sleep, I'm often still awake, still watching them and making, making sure everything's all right and going as it should do. Alison, just tell us a little bit exactly about what you do and your kind of ethos behind it. Okay, I started out nursing and I used to look after the elderly uh, down in Swanage in Dorset where I live and have lived for a number of years. And then I had my children, my babies. I've got two that are now grown and I'm actually a grandma now. I know I don't look... You can't be! Wow, no! (laughs) But yeah, I've got uh, got a few grandchildren around. Anyway, I still needed to work and uh, a friend of a friend put me in touch with a woman who had just had newborn twin girls. And I knew nothing about maternity nursing, never heard of it, didn't even know it existed as a profession. But I went and helped her. She lived locally and I helped her for the first year of the twins' life. And I just did with them what I'd naturally done with my children. And sure enough, the twins were sleeping through the night by nine weeks old, which I actually thought was pretty normal. But apparently it's not. No, it's definitely not. I know that when I first had Axel, I was 
so big on sleep and I would just compare myself to anyone that I you know anyone I'd come across who was a new mum and I knew a girl and her daughter was sleeping through the night from six weeks and I was thinking oh my goodness there's something wrong with Axel it's he's seven weeks old and he's still waking up every three hours what am mm. I going to do um but it, it was a good thing in the end because it meant that I started reading into it and you know mm. looking at routines and eventually getting him to sleep through the night at 11 weeks which yeah. is I guess not it's between nine and 11 weeks quite normal Yes, I say eight to twelve weeks. That's that's you know twelve hours by twelve weeks. That's what a baby is naturally capable of doing. But the the sort of the ethos over the last couple of generations seems to have gone down the other route of their babies don't sleep. They can't sleep. They won't sleep. They can't. They shouldn't be expected to sleep. That seems to have become the accepted norm. You know, when you're pregnant, people oh you know no sleep for you then for months if not years. And I, which is what I, I just said to you. Yeah. <laughs> I just simply don't understand that ethos because sleep deprivation is an internationally recognised form of torture. Mm. Just because you're a parent, it doesn't mean you can then deal with sleep deprivation. Yeah. Being a new mum, that doesn't suddenly give you a rite of passage to be able to deal with sleep deprivation. It's just not how it's supposed to be. And of course, you know, babies need more sleep than any of us, yeah. you know, as adults, for sure. And they need their sleep. And when I work with parents, they're always utterly amazed at actually how much their babies do sleep you just have to provide the right environment and the right sort of little schedule for them so i guess the question here is then you get a phone call or an email from desperate parents mm. you go into their home and then what do you do <laughs> interesting what do i do well going back to those twins that i work with as i say the very first set of twins which is where my career has has spanned from I just did what I naturally knew to do, and that was I always put a bath and bedtime routine in place. Um, I feed them on a regular basis throughout the day. I will wake them during the day to sort of keep them on track with a sort of routine schedule. Um, I never wake a sleeping baby at night unless there's a medical reason to do so. That's one of my I'm glad you cleared that one up. I remember when um, Axel was just born, brought him home, and he slept for six hours on the first night. And me and my husband woke up in a state of panic. Like, oh, it's morning and we're not that tired. We've had six hours sleep. What the hell? Um, and then the midwife came around that day and she had a real go at me and made me feel terrible mm. and said that I should have woken him up every few hours because of my milk. Yeah, so I, I get there are a lot of people that think, you know, in those early days, you've got to wake the baby. I only believe you need to wake them during the day. That's that's a natural phenomena that we feed and eat during the day and we sleep during the night. So why not let the baby's natural sleep patterns develop right from the start? And then, of course, there's the whole ethos of an, 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 an army of people that are doing the dream feed. Yeah, we're the, we dr we're the dream feeders. Yeah, we oh. loved the dream feed. <laughs> are you going to tell us off? <laughs> What's wrong well, with the dream feed? I'm not going to tell you off. <laughs> I'll just tell you my take on the dream feed and if you understand you have to understand about babies natural sleep patterns and how they develop so when any of us go to sleep after an hour or so of being asleep is when we go into the deepest and darkest and most restful rejuvenative part of sleep okay this is true of babies so with a baby you do all the good work you get your daytime routine in place you do a bath and bedtime and then you put them down to sleep okay now obviously in the early weeks you know up to week four or five you would expect them to still be waking every sort of three or three hours four hours it gradually stretches if you leave them to sleep and following the natural pattern they will naturally start to sleep longer and longer and longer so they'll go down from bedtime and they'll sleep through to perhaps 12 or 1 in the morning and then you know at about week 6 or 7 so you're up at 1 in the morning then you're up again at 4 to feed them and a lot of people put this idea in place that if we wake the baby and feed it before we go to bed ourselves then we can have a nice long chunk of sleep well, the baby has a nice long chunk of sleep. Now, in the early weeks, that might actually work for a little while. But as sleep develops and babies hit eight, sort of 12 weeks old, where really they should be capable of going through the whole night without any feeds whatsoever. Wow. What you do by waking a sleeping baby that hasn't asked for this milk at 10 or 11 at night is you wake up its whole digestive system. So the whole sleep month, the, the four-month sleep regression that people now talk about, yeah. I put down to the majority of people it's because you're doing the dream feed. Because 
the baby might be half asleep and go straight back to sleep after you've fed it whether it's breast or bottle or whatever it doesn't matter if you've put milk into that baby at 10 or 11 at night the baby's digestive system has to wake up and Mm. digest that milk it can't just sit there its whole system has to work and slowly but surely its digestive system then starts to think that three or four hours later it needs to eat again because it thinks that the milk that you gave it at 10 or 11 at night was breakfast and so it naturally starts to wake so you might get a 10 week old baby for example that will sleep through the night with a dream feed at 11 o'clock at night, okay? And it will wake up at 6 o'clock in the morning. But what I often find is by four months, that 6 o'clock in the morning has started to regress and it becomes Mm. 5 and it becomes 4. And then people contact me. I have hundreds of emails about this all the time, every week, that suddenly, well, baby used to sleep, and I think they're in the four-month sleep regression. Lo and behold, I go into it, find out about it, speak with the parents on the telephone, and they're doing the dream feed. And this is exactly what I've worked out and understanding the baby's sleep patterns, that you actually put food into the system when the when it should be in the deepest, darkest part of sleep. So then, hold on, here's a question for you. If you're feeding your baby every, let's say you're on a three or four hour pattern during the day, mm-hmm. how does the baby, when it's, you know, six, seven, eight weeks old, know that it's nighttime and at nighttime it doesn't need three, uh, it doesn't need to be fed every three to four hours? You see what I mean? It's yeah. like they don't know that when they're born, do they? Not when they're very first born, but our body clocks follow the natural pattern of the sun and the moon. It's yeah. not rocket science. It's um, the day and the night. It's, yeah. You know, and a 24-hour period for a baby pretty much is 12 hours of day and 12 hours of night. And that's the basis for everything that I put in place for babies. And so just on that, do you obviously believe in total darkness when they're asleep? Or, um, or not, not necessarily. Um it helps. It depends on the layout of the room and the curtains you've got. I, I certainly don't always go reaching for a, for blackout blinds. You've got to make it completely dark. Um, some natural light is good, but um, you know if you've got a, an east facing bedroom and in the summer and the sun's coming up at four thirty in the morning and it's blaring through the curtains, baby's going to wake up. Yeah, yeah of course. Maybe baby will wake up. So <laughs> you might want to try and black it out a bit. Yeah. yeah. So so what are your top tips if you could give you know five top tips for oh any parents listening that are trying to get their babies into a good evening nighttime routine? Okay. Base your whole 24 hours on 12 hours of day and 12 hours of night. And in your head, 12 hours of night is, I use the timing of 7am to 7pm, it's quite simple. So 7pm to 7am is the night. And when I talk about through the night, that's through the night, that's a full 12 hours. Yeah, because I think a lot of people confuse it, as you said, with yeah. from the dream feed. That's yeah. what I, I mean, Axel was sleeping with a dream feed at 11 weeks, mm. not 12 hours. Yeah. <laughs> and... I'll reiterate, never wake a sleeping baby at night unless there's a medical reason to do so. They don't need to be woken. Yes, wake them during the day to keep them on track with their schedule for their feeding, three or four hourly, according to their age, whatever age they are, whether they need three hourly or four hourly. Um, Put a bedtime routine in place. I always do that. I do it from the start uh, as soon as possible. I remember with those little twins all those years ago because I'd done it with my children. I did it with them. I would do a little bath, bedtime routine, settle them to sleep. And in those early weeks, it might take ages to get them settled, you know, and they're out and they're having a bit more feed and then down again. But perseverance is the key to that. You just persevere and see it through. And it's for such a short period of time if you put that in place because that bath time and the end of the day signifies that night follows and that stays in place for years to Mm. come. I mean, a client of mine moved to Kuala Lumpur and she said she sent me an email saying, my children at five and three go up the stairs as soon as I mentioned bath time. And all my mummy friends out here were absolutely amazed at seeing these two little children just walking up the stairs happily. Yes, bath time, soon be bedtime. <laughs> night, night, everyone. Do you know what Luna does that? If yeah. I say to her it's bath time now, she'll go charging out yeah. of the living room, straight down the corridor, into the bathroom. Yeah, yeah Axel does. And he starts saying goodbye to everything. So it's like, <laughs> bye-bye toys, <laughs> bye-bye play, bye-bye food. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, that, but that's right. And and, they, and they're so happy with it. It's, it's not a, a challenging, stressful thing when you've put sleep in place for them right from the start and it because it's 
sleep's the most natural one of the most natural things in this you know we can't survive without it and let's talk about early risers because i'm coming from a <laughs> from a point where luna has never ever ever slept past 5 30 quarter to six it doesn't matter what i do whether she has one nap in the day two naps in the day two hours one hour i've tried everything hungry wow. milk she just does not want to sleep past quarter to six okay is there anything that i can do for that and she's 18 months <coughs> She's 18 months. 18 months. Okay. What was she like as a younger baby in the first few months? Did she sleep then? Was she... What happened? Yeah, pretty much exactly the same thing. Sorry, just... <coughs> so pretty much exactly the same thing, to be honest with you. We would do the dream feed... Georgia we love I, the dream feed. We discuss it. <laughs> Have you done the dream feed? Yeah, you drop in the dream feed. Are you and, using hungry milk? <laughs> and then she would sleep until 5.30 and then I would have to feed her again and then she would go back to sleep. So it was always her trigger point, 5.30. Right. Now I've dropped the morning bottle because she's 18 months, but she still wakes between 5.30 and quarter to six. And I presume you're not still doing the dream feed. No, not... <laughs> so she goes through... <laughs> Shh, don't tell Georgia but I am actually doing the dream feed no I'm not doing the dream feed now so she goes from 7pm down like clockwork right but obviously okay so when, when she is asleep is she very calm and quiet and restful in sleep or is she quite an active sleeper is she sort of moving around do you find her upside down and doing laps of the cot Yes. yes, I thought so. <laughs> yes, sometimes we find her and she's mm. completely the other way. The other way, okay. Yes. And is she quiet throughout sleep? Does she call out at all? Yes, we get kind of screams and, and yells and mama, ah. mama, uh, between two and four every single morning. Okay. I leave her, I don't go in unless she's very anxious and, and upset. So she usually settles herself, but then sometimes doesn't. Mm. And how do you get her back to sleep? Sometimes does she not go back or? No, no, she, she always goes back. I, I generally okay. have to pick her up, cuddle her in, give her sucky bunny, which is her comforter, okay. which sometimes she's pushed through the cot onto the floor and I can just hear her going, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, why do you keep shoving that thing out of the cot? Oh, well, that's to get you to come in. <sighs> They're not silly. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. She's clever. She's so clever. Like you're rushing in. What's wrong? She's on to you. <laughs> I'll push this bunny out of the cot so mummy has to come in. Hello, mummy. But why is yeah. she waking up crying and screaming? Um, interesting. Does she do you ever notice her breath smell funny? No. Do you smell sucky bunny? Does it smell disgusting? It's the worst smell you have ever smelled in your whole entire life. It is pretty rank. This uh. thing has been around for a while. <laughs> There we go. Okay. Um, does she dribble? Does she, is she a dribbly baby? I mean, Sucky Bunny is always wet, but that's because she's got it in her mouth. But only for sleep now, obviously. I don't yeah. know. She doesn't but have it all the are time. You, are you putting a bit no, on her no, 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 okay. no. What's she like with her food, her attitude to food? Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Mm. Sometimes wants it, sometimes doesn't. Okay. Mm. She's not easy like Axel, that's for sure. Might need to talk about poo. What's her poo doing? <laughs> We've got on some poo already. I love We're it. Only twenty minutes. Listen, <laughs> it's not. It's not a good day unless someone sends me a picture of the baby's nappy content. Oh God! Seriously, I'm going to yes. set up a new website. It's going to have a poo page on it. No, I will not be following that. <laughs> anyway, so what's her poo doing? Does she poo every day? Yeah, poos every day. Not a problem with poos. That's right. It's not particularly liquid or no. hard or. Do you think it might be reflux? Well, I'm wondering. Yes, absolutely. 
yeah and it's not normal for a baby to be calling out crying out every night you've obviously put the routine in place she happily goes to sleep at bedtime Mm. Um, she wants to sleep I'm sure when she wakes up and you do have to go in she probably she doesn't really want anything no she actually wants to be asleep so you have to then question what's stopping her what's preventing her from sleeping and just naturally sleeping through without having to call for you because as you you know she doesn't really want anything and then classically the early morning waking um I obviously get a lot of questions about this and for some cases I trace it back to having an acid reflux problem and the reason for that is that obviously throughout the night the digestive system works and processes and digests and empties and all that's in the gut in the morning is acid and if they've got a leaky gut whatever you want to call it the backward flow of the stomach contents that's what acid reflux is and they've been lying prone and lying down flat all night long uh, the acid can pool and come up into the esophagus and it can happen throughout the night. And obviously that hurts, it burns. If anyone's mm. ever had heartburn, they know what it feels like and it's not very pleasant. So that's why they will cry out in the night. That's why they will often wake early in the morning. And I found babies go one of two ways. They either are desperate for milk first thing in the morning because they'll suck and swallow and wash it away or they don't want it because they don't want to drink anything because they know what goes Mm. down hurts and that's just a different personality trait as to how babies respond to internal discomfort and pain but i do wonder and if sucky sucky bunny smells then that could it's an understatement Alison but yeah yeah well there we go (laughs) it could be that her her breath smells because they often have a funny fausty sort of smell to their breath when they've got acid reflux right okay because their saliva gets quite acidic and it's tips for reflux tips for reflux well in an 18 month old it's quite tricky we'd need to look at diet but she's already dairy and gluten free is that right yeah Mm, so there's not much more you can do with exclusion does she have a lot of fruit yes ah Fruit ferments in the gut and fruit's very acidic. So it could be that she's having too much fruit. For a baby that's got these issues, I would certainly say only fruit at breakfast time. Okay. No fruit later in the day. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because a lot of babies love fruit, don't they? Well, not even babies, they're toddlers, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I know they do. But if you think of the, the, the natural seasons and... If we were only able to eat what was available to us, not in the supermarket, but what we could grow, nobody would be eating fruit throughout most of the year. That's interesting. It's usually only available in the autumn. And back in caveman times, they would only eat fruit and berries that are on the trees, you know, fruit on the tree and and berries and things to see them sustain them through the winter. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. And now you can get everything from kiwi to guava to mango to you know every single day of your life and it's it's not natural yeah okay we're going to talk more about that because i'm going to nail you down afterwards and make you come and live in guildford with me jordan this (laughs) one's for you controlled crying yeah what are your thoughts Mm. on the controlled crying i mean i did it and it did work um and it's always something that if he ever wakes up although i feel like we've nailed it now although i need to touch some wood somewhere but yeah what i mean what do you do what do you think of it is it the right thing to do is it the wrong thing to do or am i just really mean you're certainly not mean at all however this whole term controlled crying um i think it came from originally dr richard ferber who who coined the phrase um the one thing that i have with that specific method is that babies are cleverer than we think and if you just keep timing um and elongating the time before you go in to the room to visit the baby when it's crying. All that the baby learns, I often find, is that it just has to cry for longer to be before anybody comes in. So I'm not a great fan of, of, of that per se. Um, however, the method I use, it's similar, but I don't time the visits into the room. It's what I call the reassurance technique. And I do just go in... And often the baby will be crying because if, let's say, baby's eight months old, never slept through the night, and we're going to try and get baby to go into its cot, um, it's not used to its cot, you know, so it, you can't sit an eight-month-old down and say, now, Jack, <laughs> everybody in the house is really tired, none of us are sleeping, mummy's come to the end of the tether because she's got to go back to work in a month's time, so that's it, now everyone's got to sleep, enough of messing around. You can't explain it to him. Mm. So you just have to change things. And babies don't like change, none of us like change, change is difficult because babies learn by association that what happens on a day-to-day basis is their life, that's their norm. So when you suddenly change it, 
they'll be like, well, what are you doing? I don't really like this. But with the method that I use, it's usually over so quickly, they certainly don't remember it. And it, it doesn't, in my experience, and in over 20 years of doing this, have any long-term emotional, negative emotional effects. I certainly don't have people messaging me when I worked with their babies 20 years ago saying... My, my child is was scarred and I've mm. never ever ever had that um, I usually get it the other way around it's like they've just got honours degrees at, at university and that's because you taught them to sleep I mean so, that's what I wanted to ask you actually because I've got one friend who is sitting to my left my lovely <laughs> my lovely Georgia who's actually quite you know I, I wouldn't use the word fierce but she's been quite kind of s- sort of straight down the line with Axel in terms yeah. of if she heard him crying she would just turn the monitor off if she knew he wasn't really distressed and she yeah. would just leave him and had bit and Axel sleeps completely through the night I am very emotional with Luna and the minute I hear her crying I, me and my husband go what should we do what should we do I want to go and cuddle her because I feel so sad that she's crying and I, I think maybe a lot of parents might kind of yeah. really relate to that because it is very hard to hear your child crying and not go in yeah I mean I think for us at first we did it we did the timed thing so yeah. we never let it I, I don't think it ever went past seven minutes or mm. something but obviously those seven minutes feel awful um, and then he's just grown and and when you know when he cries now it's not really crying no. it's just like uh, you know a bit of a, a moan yeah. and it, I'll, I'll leave it off like they leave off the monitor for a couple of minutes and then I'll turn it back on and nine times out of ten it's silent again mm. so um, Georgia's got it right well she has but don't dismiss here um, a mother's instinct and although you two have sort of sort of parented similarly you know mm. since you met it doesn't mean that your responses are just different because you're different people it could well be that somewhere if luna does have some acid reflux that may really be tapping into your instincts to think actually i don't like leaving her to cry because if she's crying and she's in pain that really it will resonate with you somewhere in your psyche and it could be that that's driven you to be different and and not as 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 straight down the line as georgia has been able to be with axel who perhaps didn't have really many of those symptoms Mm. and in your heart of hearts you just know he's quite happy yeah i know he'll be fine absolutely yeah exactly but i wonder in your heart of hearts do you feel that about luna no, I just want to cuddle her in and like tell her that she's going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so pathetic. And so, just going on to cuddling in, um, what are your thoughts on co-sleeping? Well, if that's what you want to do, it's absolutely fine. I never sit in judgment of another woman, another mother, ever. Yeah. And I don't think anybody ever should. And if you want to do the cold control crying and you want to sleep with your baby for the first two years, that's fine. The only issue I do have with the co-sleeping is that I do get a lot of mums come to me and say, you probably won't help me because you won't have approved that I've been co-sleeping for 10 months. But I've suddenly realised I've got to go back to work and now I don't know what to do. Mm. So I think it's it's making an informed decision before you start out because those babies that have co-slept just at... Some of them have co-slept because mums haven't known what else to do because they've had really bad reflux and things, like a little 12-month-old that I've just been with had literally co-slept and been attached to the mum's boob for 12 hours through the night. But that's only because he had such horrendous reflux and gluten and he's a celiac and all sorts of things that hadn't been diagnosed. So if you just choose to co-sleep because that's what you want to do, you just need to be aware that further down the line, if at some point you're going to change that pattern and you want the child to sleep independently then you really need to think is it the right thing for you because that can be quite traumatic to change that um the the norm for that baby so uh, that's you know i will always help people so i never as i say i never sit in judgment i will always help them and of course whether i approve or not that, that doesn't come into it if you need my help i'll help you but i just do feel that perhaps some mums could give it some more thought about if they're going to co-sleep and understanding they might have to change that further down the line. Yeah. And, and also how you're going to have like. sex. <laughs> oh, I thought that was <laughs> no, that wasn't going to be my question. That was my question. How are you going to have sex? Do you know what though? Sometimes, I love that Axel's really independent in his car, mm-hmm. but sometimes my husband's away and I think, oh, 
let's get into bed together, Axel, and have a cuddle. And he literally says, mummy, no. <laughs> yeah. And points, points out the room, wants to go downstairs. And I mean, sometimes as well, we've had a couple of drinks, me and my husband, like, we're like, oh, should we get him up and get him into bed with us? And we've done it. And it has been awful absolutely awful well, he he's just got won't settle will no he? he's got out of the bed started running around the room as obviously we know now we can't do that but sometimes I just love a little sleepy cuddle again the, the thing is in that scenario though I get it I totally get it but you were doing that to meet your needs not the needs of, of, of Axel because he wasn't there lying, lying there thinking awake thinking oh I, I wish mummy and daddy had curry up and get home from the pub so I could go and have a cuddle with them <laughs> he was happily in the land of none I know I you, know and don't. then you disturb him for your own needs and that's you I, know I, I wonder how many parents do that I when know. they come back in they go I'm just going to go and have yeah, a look yeah, yeah. I'm just going to creep in and then opening the door they wake up their baby yeah that's exactly what we've done in the past because you just miss them sometimes yeah. it gets to like 12 o'clock and you think oh, I haven't seen him for five hours. <laughs> I'm going to go and put my head in. <laughs> yeah, I want to go and see if he's all right. Like, I mean, it's, it's fascinating. Like, I mentioned this little 12-month-old that I've just been with because literally this 12-month-old was attached to the mum sort of almost 24-7. And mum is actually going through a grieving process because her baby's now sleeping for two hours during the day and 12 hours during the night in his cot. Now the baby is happy as anything. Mm. And it's mum who's sitting there going, well, I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> and I, I remember... <laughs> I've really got to start doing the housework again. <laughs> in, uh, in like the early days when, you know, you just set up the monitor, just gone in their own room. I remember I used to spend all day counting down the hours until bedtime. Like, oh, right, I've only got two hours left, two hours left. And then it would get to it and I'd sit and watch the monitor all night. <laughs> <laughs> Rather than the TV, we'd just be sat around the monitor. What's he doing? What's he up to? Yeah, I mean, he can't really move, but... Oh, if <laughs> well, he could just blink. That, that's hilarious, because I, I remember when the video monitors first came in, came onto the market, and all I said was, well, it's just mini baby TV. I said, you might as well forget the rest of the sky. You don't need it now, because all, all parents will <laughs> yeah. ever do is sit and look at that. We'll just all sit night, watching just the monitor. Sit, sit looking at the baby TV. Exactly. Um, can, I just, can I just jump in? Because I, I really want to ask you about front sleepers, because uh-huh. this is something that I... I don't know about you, Georgia, but Luna was a big front sleeper from the word go. I mean, I obviously monitored it because you get all these horror stories about, you know, it's really unsafe for baby. And we obviously know the guidelines, but I would watch her on the sofa. She would sleep on her front. She would be able to lift her head up, tip it to the side and then go back to sleep. Mm. Now, she still sleeps on her front. Mm. She always has done. Bit controversial. What do you two think? Well, firstly, I would say we were just talking about possible reflux issues with Luna. And that would be classic because... The majority of babies that struggle with any digestive distress, discomfort, acid reflux, colic, call it whatever you want, it's all the same thing really. Lying on their back is the most uncomfortable position in the world. So a lot of them will only naturally want to, they'll naturally want to sleep on their front, as did Luna. So that ties in with the possible acid reflux issues with her. But my other thoughts about front sleeping, um, it was the norm many years ago and now the since the back to sleep campaign because of you know the, the SIDS problem and, and this it's causing a lot a lot of problems for a lot of babies because sleeping on their back is not a natural position and it's only in the last 15 years that there are all these clinics that reshape babies heads you know for plagiocephaly and all that and I often look at it and think you know is this logically is there not something slightly off kilter if we're having to reshape babies heads because of the way they slept doesn't really sit mm. well no. with me of course not it, you know it really doesn't and and if you imagine when a baby is born and it comes out between your legs and the baby's put, put on your tummy the baby will lift its head up and they can almost crawl up your stomach yeah. and they'll, they'll go to your boob yeah babies have the strength when they're born they have the the strength to lift their head up naturally and they will do they lose it very quickly though by being put on their back because they don't then strengthen their core muscles and the, the thorax and the chest and the abdomen because they just lie there flat on their back and they don't use the the, the muscles. Mm. You know, and when you've got a newborn baby, if baby sleeps on you, pretty much they'll be on their front, on your chest, and you lie back. And they'll move their head from side to side across your sort of clavicle on your shoulder here. That is the natural position and yeah. how they're supposed to sleep. And so. it's really lovely. I absolutely love having Axel sleeping on my chest if he's <laughs> ill. It's like my favourite time. And <laughs> um, um, actually as well, Axel did used to ha- have the occasional nap on his chest as well, just on mm. the sofa as... as um, 
Zoe said. I was going to say as Luna said. <laughs> she's, she's only saying a few words yet. She hasn't quite done a radio podcast debut yet. Um, I must just say, though, as well, about if you do anything other, other than the guidelines, and I wrote about this in my book, which was published in 2010, there are under-mattress sensors that have been around for years and they use them in Skabu and Niku and they use them for a reason because they'll alarm if a baby stops breathing and a lot of people will say oh I don't want one of those that'll just make me more anxious really well I actually don't think I'd, it will make me more anxious at all it will make give me peace of mind to know that it'll alarm and let me know if my baby stops breathing as opposed to the baby's in bed no matter what position it's in and it stopped breathing and I don't know so you really so rate those I absolutely rate those I use them all the time the under mattress sleeping sensor they're fantastic and so lots of different brands do those yeah. don't they I think yeah. my monitor came with one and I actually didn't use it I was one of those people um, but also I used the sleepy head so I felt like it wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna work underneath it so what do you think about the sleepy head both Zoe and I loved the sleepy head Axel, can I just say Axel is still in the sleepy head he's actually head. not we got rid of it last week last week last week <laughs> <laughs> he now has a duvet and a pillow Oh, well, there we go. Didn't really need the sleepyhead. I mean, there are so many different mattresses, sleepyheads, cocooner babies. That, that, I mean, the, the market is awash with them. And in my opinion, none of them are really needed. Right. And you shouldn't ever use them, especially if you're going to put your baby on its front. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. No, if yeah. Don't ever put baby on its front if you're going to be a front sleeper like Luna was yeah. in a sleepyhead. They just need a flat cot mattress relatively spongy so it's not like a, a rock or a, a, a piece of marble uh, and, and they will sleep quite happily on that but you know if you choose to side sleep I understand why people use the sleepy heads because you can try and prop baby up against the sort of the, the bump around the side uh, I mean years ago we used to just used to use rolled up towels if we wanted baby to yeah that's a good trick we yeah it is and I didn't have to spend hundreds of pounds on a on a product and, a sleepy. <laughs> and also add an extra suitcase when you go on holiday because that's what we had to do because it literally the big one takes up a whole suitcase Georgia and I had a conversation the other day where she was going how am I going to take this giant sleepyhead to Bali and I was like you have lost your mind you're not going to do that we've got two months to get him out of it and you've done it I did I did do it and I'm so happy and I got I've talked about the duvet and pillow for ages to him you know we're going to get one and now he gets into bed and he goes mmm nice <laughs> you know I just I had a, a really hilarious phone call throughout all this snow that's that's been around recently i'm chatting to a mum and i've been telling her about sleep because we're talking about it she said I, I i want my baby to sleep on its front i said okay fine make sure it's safe ditch the sleepy head oh, she said it's cost me hundreds she said what shall i do with it i said well you've got a toddler i said stick a bit of hardboard in, in the underneath it and use it as a sledge <laughs> that's a good idea yeah. sleepy head comes sledge. resourceful as ever <laughs> so resourceful. just just on a final note your must-have brands that you absolutely can't live without brands or products that you just you'll go into a house you'll work with somebody you'll say right you need these things so definitely an under mattress sensor no matter what position they they sleep in whether it's back front side on the head whatever i always put one in place i carry around with me the angel care single sensor pad that's just got one wire from it and to a battery operated unit you don't even have to plug it in so if you've already got a sound and video monitor unit set up that's all you need it's about 50 pounds or if you haven't, you can buy the whole kit and caboodle one that's that's together, like the Motorola's probably quite a good one with a big screen. Um, I love the Merino Kids sleeping bags that go from naught to two. People think, how can they go from naught to two? But they do. They're brilliant. Um, they and, and they're really safe. I need I, to check those out. Yeah, yeah. The Merino Kids natural wool. They're all organic natural wool. Lovely brand um feeding man bottles never use anything else mam anti-colic with a screw on bottom ditto so we got that one right yeah well done <laughs> <laughs> um oh gosh do you know that's about it i really yeah. don't have many go-to brands i don't reach for all these products that come on the market all the time what about you and the sheep now that's oh, a God, firm favourite with uh, the mummers everyone loves a ewan but i can see by your face that mm. you don't the problem with Ewan is I have nothing against white noise and it is one assistance, uh, one thing that can aid sleep, especially in sort of London, for example, noisy houses and ambulances going, whatever. So you can put white noise on. The problem with Ewan is he turns himself off. He does. And that will disturb the sleep because what you have to understand is that the 
the when a baby first goes to sleep that the state that that baby is in when it goes to sleep so anything that's surrounding so if white noise is on or if baby's sucking a dummy then when baby stirs through his sleep cycles he will expect that same scenario and if it's not then the, the brain will actively search and wake up and it will cause a baby to wake up to think oh hang on it's different something's different from when I went to sleep so if you're going to use white noise you have to have it on all through the night constant yeah. and all through the nap you, you can't just put it on while they go to sleep and then turn it off it, it usually interferes with sleep and that's often you know dummies are a big problem for that too. that's why it's time to burn sucky bunny yeah sucky bunny's got to go well I wouldn't burn sucky bunny yet you and I need to have a little chat about it <laughs> okay fine Alison where can people find more about you my website www.magicsleepfairy.com or google my name Alison Scott Wright um, my book's on Amazon you can buy a signed copy from my website the sensational baby sleep plan and actually the publishers wanted to call it that I said, but it's not sensational, it's just common sense. They said, well, we can't call it the common sense sleep plan. I said, well, actually, why not? I think that's a really good name. But anyway, so it is the sensational baby sleep plan. They won. And if you do need her address, I'll be giving you my address because Alison is now moving in with me. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been an absolute joy Thank having you, you on. You're welcome. How great was Alison, Georgia? She was amazing. <laughs> I absolutely love that woman and I really want her to come move in with me. She, she did promise that she would. Yeah, you all heard that as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, as with all of our podcasts, we'll round up with our favourite things. Um, so, obviously, Alison, as you heard, is not a fan of You and the Sheep, but he's still going to be up there with one of my number one products. Yeah, Georgia's obsessed with You and the Sheep, so he's made the list. <laughs> he has made the list. <laughs> um... I haven't actually spoken about it in this podcast for some reason, but because f- f- it because it doesn't relate to nighttime sleeping, but daytime sleeping for me, Luna spent hours and hours and hours in the Chloe and Burt Jolie Swing Rocker. This is the only rocker that I would recommend using. It basically took me from never being able to get a shower to being able to shower for you know up to half an hour at times, which is amazing. Which is amazing. So even though it's 150 quid, it is well worth investing in the Chloe and Burt Swing Rocker. Loved it. Again, not one of Alison's recommendations, but the sleepy head. I mean, we love the sleepy head and so many of the mamas love it as well. Yeah. I think if you know, if they're gonna sleep on their backs, a sleepy head is amazing. They can't roll around, they feel very comforted. You know, it, it's it's still gonna be up there with one of our favourite sleep Yeah, aids. we love it. We're not gonna yeah. listen to Alison on that one. <laughs> Sorry. Sleepy head's on the list. <laughs> um comforters as well. Both Georgia and I um, got rid of um, the kids' dummies quite early on um, but they both use comforters I've got Sucky Bunny Axel's got Monkey so if you are trying to get rid of the dummy maybe replace it with something that they can kind of hold suck feel play with we, yeah. Yeah, we really rate them and then you can kind of wean them out Jelly Cat do some amazing comforters as well so they're easy to pick up and then lastly I think we both agree on this in fact we all agree on this Alison even gave this one the go ahead which was sleeping bags sleeping bag yeah exactly keeping them snug keeping them warm all night monitor temperature with them because they've got their arms out yeah really good really good transition as well from cot to big bed when they can use a duvet and a pillow yeah exactly and I think it's grow the ones that we normally use the grow bag yeah we love those I can't believe it. Another week done. Another episode finished. I know. Love talking about sleep today. Our favourite. Yes, our favourite subject to discuss. Uh, If you enjoyed what you heard, uh, just remember you can subscribe, rate and review. And that kind of helps us um, spread the word um, on what we're doing here. And also you can get in touch with us anytime at madebymamas.com. We would love to get your feedback. And also via our Instagrams at Zoe Hardman and at madebymamas. What's on next week's show, G? So next week we have the lovely Lizzie King talking to us all about weaning so how to get your babies off the milk and onto the solids and eating a very balanced diet Mm, let's hope and remember you can have a little look all the products that we spoke about on today's episode are up on the website as well so make sure you check it out see you next week hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 